the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 3, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But now a righteousness from God apart from law has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. The word righteous or righteousness is used quite often in those few comments there by Pastor Leighton Sheely. Do you know what righteousness is? Well, he described in the last broadcast that it's a turning away from, a reversing course, turning from your own desires to God's plan for your life. We're going to hear more on today's broadcast as he wraps up a message from the Sermon on the Mount featuring Jesus' teaching on what is true and what is false. I think it's important for us to reflect upon the warnings that Jesus has been issuing through his Sermon on the Mount. In verse 13, he promises destruction for those who choose the broad and easy way. Do whatever you like. And then it's followed by a picture of fire burning up unproductive branches and a categorical rejection of those who are disobedient. Now it's capped off with a picture of a person who doesn't do what Jesus said as though it was a house that is shattered and swept away by a vicious storm. This little parable of the two builders emphasizes the importance of acting in accordance with Jesus' teaching. You know, those houses may have been very similar. They they may have looked identical. But only one of those houses stood the test. And we often have to be clear that a life built on Christ Jesus and his teachings will stand even in the midst of the tribulations of this life and the judgment to follow. We're all going to have tribulations. Life is full of them. The storms described against both houses were the same, but one stood the one with a sure foundation. The solution is to build on a sure foundation. So how do we build on a sure foundation? Well, Jesus demanded that we should listen. And one of the great difficulties people have is that they often don't listen or know what Jesus said. They don't read the word. They don't attend a church where the word of God is taught. And others quite, quite often are just simply distorted and have a distorted notion of what Jesus said. So Jesus demanded that men should listen to his word and demanded that men should do his word. Because knowledge only becomes relevant when it's translated into action. And there are many people who listen to the teachings of Jesus Christ and have a knowledge, a good knowledge of what he taught, and yet make no intentional effort to put that into practice. If we are going to be followers of Jesus, we must not only hear, but also do. Hearing and doing are summed up in obedience. Jesus demands obedience. This is the most important thing that we can learn in life is obedience to the Lord. 
And it's because Jesus is demanding this radical obedience that when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. He was requiring radical submission to his rule as Lord of God's kingdom. And he claimed that he alone was going to decree who would and would not get into that kingdom. But Jesus not only spoke with authority, he also acted with authority. And if you keep reading the next chapter of Matthew's gospel, in chapter 8, it's filled with descriptions of miraculous events that proved that he was who he claimed to be. And the final and conclusive evidence of the authority of Christ Jesus is in his resurrection from the dead. Because no person has ever, in the history of this world, claimed that if they were put to death, they would rise again on the third day and do it. But only Jesus. See, the most important message of this sermon is the person of Jesus. He is the Son of God. He is God incarnate. The sermon ends with these warnings of judgment. And in spite of the diversity of their metaphors, each stresses two themes. The first theme is that there are only two ways. One way ends up in the kingdom of heaven. The other way ends up in destruction. And the second theme is that the way to the kingdom of God is characterized by obedience. Jesus says that entrance into the kingdom of heaven is reserved for those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Now, we hear the words, do the will of my Father in heaven. One of the things that might happen to us is we're immediately thinking or interpreting that phrase as referring to the law, God's law. And so we're thinking here that Jesus is telling us, we just got to try harder to measure up to the law. We just got to work at it harder. And if you think that Jesus here is telling us, try harder, you have missed the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount. Because throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' demands far exceed our ability to deliver. In the previous chapter, chapter 7, Jesus talked about murder. And someone might say, made that one, I've never murdered anybody. And then Jesus clarified, if you've ever been angry with somebody, you're guilty. And Jesus talked about adultery. And someone might say, well, I've never committed adultery. And Jesus clarified, if you've even looked with lust, you're guilty. He even commands us to love our enemies. The point in this sermon is that we can never measure up. We will always miss the mark. We will always fall short. That is the point. Remember how Jesus starts the Sermon on the Mount, his very first words. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Remember we studied that verse. Poor means we have no concept of how poor poor means. Because even the poorest among us have something. The word here means destitute. They don't have anything, nothing to trade, nothing of value. They come to Jesus totally destitute. 
We have nothing to offer. We don't have our doctrine to offer. Lord, Lord. We don't have our works to offer. Didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? We have nothing. We don't come saying, man, you are, God, you are sure lucky I chose to be on your team. Instead, we come, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We cannot achieve righteousness through keeping the law. The Sermon on the Mount is not intended to press us to despair or self-salvation. It's to press us to Jesus, our Savior and Lord. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 3, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. It's because of the law we are aware of our sin. But now a righteousness from God apart from law has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption, the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Romans chapter 3. You notice here the Bible speaks of redemption. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we say we've been redeemed. And redemption is a concept we understand because when we go to the grocery store and we buy a a bottle of soda, it comes with a redemption value. And when we redeem it, something that otherwise had no value was considered worthless and destined for destruction, all of a sudden becomes valuable and has a new future, a new destination, a new purpose. All because someone was willing to purchase it. We were destined for destruction. But through Jesus, we've been made valuable and given a new purpose and a new future. The Apostle Peter wrote, 1 Peter chapter 1, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty life that was handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. God has given us an incredible gift. Salvation by grace through faith. And Jesus says if we come to him, he won't reject us. Jesus said, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. This is the will of my Father. That everyone who looks upon the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. That's the will of God. 
So are you truly a Christian? The answer to that question doesn't depend upon your intellectual beliefs or doctrine. Lord, Lord. Nor upon your good works. Did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons, do mighty works? But rather in your relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not what you know. It's who you know. And who knows you. Have you ever asked him to be your savior, to enter your life and be your Lord and King? To seek a righteousness that is not of yourself, but of God. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. You've been listening to the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely on another edition of Verse by Verse a ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and they can be reached if you have questions about what it means to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, at the phone number 650-873-4095. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us today. Come back on Wednesday when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.